What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. Jenna and I are super excited for today's episode because we've gotten so, so many questions on this topic. So we're super excited to intro our guest, Cynthia, who is a registered dietitian in the U.S. with a master's of science in nutrition. Cynthia has been a registered dietitian for over 10 years and is a non-diet dietitian and believes in health at every size. She helps women recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is having no period. And she also helps women make peace with food, which is a specialty of hers. Cynthia was driven to specialize in HA, which is short for hypothalamic amenorrhea, due to her own struggles with a missing period and infertility. Cynthia has worked in various areas in the field of nutrition, which has led her to where she is today, operating her own virtual practice and working with the most amazing women across the world, helping them recover their periods and find balance with food and exercise. This conversation was so near and dear to my heart. Um, and when Cynthia was telling her story, I realized it's pretty much the exact same story as mine, which leads us to believe that many of you may really, really benefit from listening to today's episode. <laughs> Yes. And I know like I've shared my fertility journey and so many people will message me privately and say, I don't have my period. Was that your you know, experience? And that wasn't my experience. So it's great to have this resource now. Like, obviously I always point them over to you, Jenna, but having this resource now with Cynthia as well. Um, and just really understanding like, why is it important to have a period, whether you want children or not, what that means to your body outside of just bleeding every month. Cause I think people are like, well, why do I even need this? So like what's really going on internally, um, and just getting curious about how that affects your body in so many different ways. And honestly, I am not an expert. My, mine is just lived experience, but she blew my mind at the end. And I'm not going to tell you guys why, because it's at the end of the episode, but I learned something new and something that maybe has been misdiagnosed in my life forever. Um, and it all makes sense. And the reasons behind what she stated makes beautiful sense. Um, and it actually feels really, really good to learn this and to understand, you know, what maybe was going through happening inside my body many years ago and how cool it is to say that it's not anymore, um, is a really great feeling. And I say that after sharing in this episode, very vulnerable moments of my journey in hopes to help and inspire, um, any of you that might be experiencing that right now. Yeah. And it was so awesome to hear you share that as someone who knew you living through that time and know <laughs> you now. And I can promise anyone that life is much better when you have your period back for many different reasons. 
Yeah. And if you don't know why your period's important, I know Sam said this already, but like, it's really important and it's really a good thing to know. I do think that a lot of women are not as educated on the menstrual cycle as maybe we all should be. So there's a lot going on in this episode and I think you guys will really enjoy it. So let's get right into it. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the What the Actual Fork podcast. We are really excited today. We have Cynthia Donovan, aka the period nutritionist on the pod. And Sam and I were talking before we started recording that we have so many women who ask us about periods specifically and loss of period um, and the menstrual cycle in general. And we never had a resource before. And so we're super excited to have Cynthia's expertise here And I personally have shared pretty often on this podcast and on my account, my own personal experience with loss of period, um, amenorrhea and difficulties or potential difficulties with conception due to that. So I'm excited to ask you some questions and hear more about you. But before we learn more about you, we like to start off our podcast by asking our guests if they could share in like recent, most recent, I should say, what your biggest, what the actual fork moment in your field or your area of the field has been recently. So maybe something you saw on social media, a conversation that you had with somebody that made you just stop in your tracks and say, WTAF. I would have to say, and it it comes up very often, but it still stops me in my tracks. Cause I'm like, seriously, like I struggled with this and it's still happening like 10 years later and it's doctors putting women on birth control pills for their missing periods. Um, yeah. Or telling them to come back in a few months. So even though it's, it's been going on for a long time, it literally happens probably once a day. So yeah, I would say that would be the biggest thing for me right now. So you're going to definitely have to elaborate on that for us. So we know like the backstory on it um, and for all of our listeners, but before we get into that good stuff, tell us a little bit more about you, how you got to become the period nutritionist, where your passion for this topic came from um, and anything else that our listeners should know. Absolutely. So I'm so excited to be here with both of you guys. And I'm more excited to be able to share this with, you know, more people across the world because it's a thing that isn't really talked about a lot. So my journey began, I would have to say, I'm going to try to shorten it so we don't take up this entire podcast on my journey. Um, I would say I became a dietitian, right? So I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. And prior to that, I was really into health, right? And to health me, it meant, all right, I need to be thin. I need to exercise every day and I need to eat quote unquote healthy, lots of vegetables, um, drinking water if I'm hungry, you know, that kind of health stuff. And so I went through college and probably at the time I didn't know my period was missing, because I was on birth control pills. And so that's where you heard me say in the intro that, you know, women that have missing period or even period problems in general, because there's other period disorders too, like PCOS, that many doctors just slap the the pill bandaid on there. So I don't know how long my missing period was missing because when you're on the pill, it's masked um, by birth control. So you're getting a fake quote unquote withdrawal bleed. So I go through college and 
I, I think I can't remember the years because it's been so long and I was just about, about to get married. And of course, wedding season means what? Let's exercise as much as we can and be our healthiest self so we can look the best we've ever had in pictures because we don't want to look back and hate what we look like. Right. Um, and I'm being sarcastic. And so that probably drove me deeper into missing period status. Um, and a medical term for missing period caused by underfueling and overexercising and other stressors is called hypothalamic amenorrhea. And I'm just going to use HA for short. So this drove me deeper into HA. And when I was just about to get married, I came off the pill and I'm like, oh, where's my period? Okay. Doctors are like, oh, you're fine. Come back. It's post-pill amenorrhea, which FYI is not a thing. Um, and so I go back. And I'm like, well, I still don't have a period. Oh, here's the pill. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, I mean, the doctor should know what's going on. So I just went back on the pill. My wedding was coming up anyway. So I, of course, didn't want to have my period for my wedding day. Uh, but then I came back off the pill after I got married and I still had no period. So then doctors investigated a little bit. They're like, oh, you have PCOS. And that was also a misdiagnosis, um, which can easily be misdiagnosed. You too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, easily been misdiagnosed. So then it even drove me deeper into HA because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't have too many carbs. I can't have whatever. And I got to exercise more. So then finally I do more exploring and I'm like, well, my period's not coming back, even though I have PCOS. And so finally I found a doctor. This was probably over the course of what I just explained, probably five years finally found a doctor that diagnosed me. I'm like, yes. But then a part of me, even though I had answers, it wasn't exactly the answer I was looking for because that meant I had to start eating more and exercising less. And so for a good while, I was like, no, this can't be possible. No, this doesn't make sense. Like I don't fit this criteria. Cause when I was in college, I studied hypothalamic amenorrhea happens only with women that have eating disorders that are super low body weight. And I'm like, I don't have an eating disorder. I'm not super low body weight. My BMI is quote unquote normal. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. And so I did some investigating. And at the time, this is going probably seven years ago. Um, at the time, there wasn't any resources out there. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of the book, No Period, Now What? Um, by Dr. Nicola Rinaldi is a great no period resource. And there wasn't no book, there was nothing out there. And so I had to figure this out by myself. And I finally started the road to recovery, eating more, exercising less, and got impatient, sought fertility treatment, and conceived my first son. And during the time after I had him, I'm like, I don't ever want any woman any person to go through this, what I, I just struggling for answers and wondering why my doctor couldn't figure it out. And again, doctors, they don't know everything about everything and I'm not discrediting, you know, a medical professional. Um, they're only humans like, you know, you and I, but it, it was really frustrating. I spent so many years, so many tears, so many just frustrating. I'm sure I hurt so many relationships, my poor husband at the time. Um, and anyway, so I came to the passion where I was talking with my sister-in-law who also struggled with HA 
And uh, she's like, why don't you specialize in this? And I'm like, why don't I? I love this. Like, this is my passion. Like if I could spread this to the whole entire world and everyone knew about it, I would be like at peace, you know? Um, and I just love that I get to wake up every day and help women across the world not only regain their menstrual cycle, restore their fertility, have a better relationship with food and exercise and really be able to live their life again. I pinch myself daily and I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this and help women, you know, in, in the process of it all. So, so yeah, that's, I think that's in a, in a nutshell. Your story is absolutely amazing. And I'm going to hand the mic right over to Jenna because I know she has a very similar story and probably has a ton of questions, but I just wanted to, before I do that, you, we know exactly what you mean when you're using the words air quotes, healthy to describe some of your behaviors. But I just want to make it clear to our listeners when you were explaining like some of your behaviors as like focusing on health, that was really disordered eating at the time. Oh, correct? Yeah. Okay. Oh, just, yeah. just wanted to make sure oh, yeah, I know but- some people might listen to this and be like, oh, I'm doing those things and they're healthy. And just want to clarify yeah. that like those were all masked as healthy, right? Because that's what our culture promotes. Oh, yeah but a lot of times glorified disordered eating. Yep. So normalized. And I mean, if I could go back and know that was actually disordered eating and know that I was doing something wrong, I think I might have maybe avoided this. I don't know, or at least lessened my journey time for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you, you clarified that. Yes. But, and sometimes I feel like I always like to say there's purpose in our pain and like you, I'm sure would never, ever wish your journey on anyone, but I love how your journey has become this beautiful testimony that now, like you said, it's your passion and you get to help so many women that you can help them prevent the years and the tears like you expressed. So thank you for sharing that with us. So I hate, but also love that we get to have this conversation, but I hate that we have the exact same story. (laughs) And I, and what I mean by that is that I hate that that means that this is so common because Mm. you and I are maybe the same age, who knows, but we are in completely different states and have gone through this exact same experience at the doctor's office. And I've shared this before on a previous podcast, but I remember when I finally was in the healing process and went to the doctor's office to like talk, say like, Hey, I got my first period by myself in like 10 years. And their first comment to me was that I had gained weight. Um, and it was at the time, very traumatizing for me because I was healing. I was by no means okay. Right. In so many ways. And so I would have loved to work with somebody like you, even as a dietitian myself, you know, to go through that because it is, it can be a very, very, it's a, it's a gentle time, I think is the right way to say it, but going backwards, when you were diagnosed um, with PCOS, did they like, what was the conversation like there and where were you mentally? I know you described cutting back on carbs and all of those things. So if you had a client that was given that diagnosis today, how would you help them in a different way than what you and I did to ourselves when we got the diagnosis? Yes, of course. <laughs> and so, well, first I would say, is it really PCOS? Um, I don't know what it is with the PCOS thing. Like it's just 
again, like an easy thing to like say a woman is going through. After I think they it speak. has a lot to do with symptoms, which is so confusing. Cause like, and I'll, I'll share this. We all know I'm an open book, but like I get those, chin, I still get them. I can feel one right here. The chin hairs, it like was the chin hair. hair. It was acne from under fueling and over-exercising and stress, but the acne is a symptom and loss of period. So they're like, okay, you have three symptoms. It's PCOS, um, which is so frustrating. And I know we've interviewed some PCOS specialists who have seen that in the past, but if somebody gets that diagnosis, it's scary. Oh, totally scary. Cause then too, it's like, well, do I have HA? Do I have PCOS? And there have been things where women could have had both, but the HA is always treated first and then the PCOS. So that's important too. Cause I'm like, well, regardless if you do have PCOS, you have HA right now too. So we got to work with that. Um, but a lot of times doctors will misdiagnose or I guess not have enough, um, evidence for this diagnosis because they'll look at the ultrasound. They'll see the little cysts, which are, if you do truly have HA are just because your body has no sex hormones to get your follicles to grow any bigger, to go to the next phase in your cycle, which is ovulation, which you need to have for a healthy menstrual cycle. Cause you can have periods. So women with HA could still have some periods, irregular periods, maybe even regular periods and not be ovulating. And that could still be HA. And it could just be a matter of time until they lose their periods completely. Um, or they start to go lighter or et cetera. So, you know, making sure the diagnosis is there and a doctor, if he's just diagnosing you, he or she is just doing that by ultrasound. You got to ask for more lab work. Um, and so then you know, I, I used to have this battle a lot with clients and I'm like, we, if you're ready to treat your, your HA, let's proceed and move forward. Um, you know, if it's PCOS, truly PCOS, you know, I, I refer out. So I just mainly focus on women with, with HA, uh, but you know, new criteria for the PCOS isn't the restriction of carbs anymore and like the weight loss and, you know, restrictive dieting, um, you know, it's a lot more flexible and that unfortunately I want to say with my disordered ways before, before I even knew they were like disordered when I got that quote unquote diagnosis, I was like, Oh, this gives me a reason to even be more restrictive and an excuse to eat this way or that way. So it fueled my disordered eating a little bit. Um, and then when I got that true diagnosis, I was just, a, a, I was relieved, but I was also taken back because I lived in a disordered way for so long. I'm like, I don't know how to live any other way. The gym is my life. That's what I do. And I eat healthy. I'm a dietitian. So, yeah. So for people that are listening to this right now and they're thinking, I might have HA, right? Like my periods are irregular or very light, or I don't have them at all. Or maybe like, like exactly like both of you, they've gone to the doctor and the doctors tried to give them the pill or told them they had PCOS. Like, what are some of those first steps if someone's saying, okay, and I know there's probably a lot of dissonance that happens and a lot of like awareness that needs to happen first, but let's say they're like, okay, I can come to terms with this. Like, what are the first steps I need to take to start to heal? Where do you kind of start with someone? So it's very individualized, but if I was just speaking broadly, um, 
I would say, all right, we got to start eating a little bit more, right? So the way you repair HA, because it is totally repairable, like once you have HA, you can reverse it. You are not going to like harm your chances of having future children unless you're still in HA. Um, so you can also help your bone health, um, heart health, bone health. Like there is so HA, healing your HA is so much more than just getting a period. And so where I would start would be, you know, what are you doing right now? And they might say, well, I still eat vegetables at every single meal and uh, I eat you know, all my calories at dinner time. And so right there would start to be with, okay, well, let's, let's try to get some regular meal times in. Let's make sure we're, we're eating consistently throughout the day, because not only are enough calories or fuel important, it's also important to eat those throughout the day. Your body needs to know that it is safe. And what I mean by that is your sex hormones have gone dormant, have shut down because your body is an extremely stressful place. And we are put on this earth and I'm not saying, you know, you're going to be having babies if you're listening to this or want to even have babies, uh, but we're put on this earth to procreate. And so a survival mechanism for our bodies is to shut our sex hormones down and really preserve only the most important functions of our body, breathing having your heartbeat, those types of things, even digestion could go. And which might I add a lot of women with HA have digestive issues. So we would start, you know, consistent meal times, eating throughout the day, always honoring your hunger. So even if you just ate, if you're like, well, you know, I'm following your guidelines, Cynthia, of two to three hours, because that's what I recommend my clients do try to eat every two to three hours. Um, but I just ate and I'm still hungry. And I'll say, you know, let's eat because that's your body asking right? For food, just like if you have to pee, your body's asking you to go to the bathroom and you likely won't be like, oh my gosh, I just peed. How dare you body make me go pee again? <laughs> Even though, yes, yeah, sometimes like I just want to pee and I'm sure you can relate Sammy to. I'm like, right yep, <laughs> yep. That's pretty much me right now every 30 minutes. <laughs> so, and yes, that is only because Sammy is expecting, right? So, and also another side note that made me think, Women with HA, another common thing that comes along with it is frequent urination. Uh, so that's something to also look out for. So um, frequency in mealtimes, eating enough calories throughout the day. And there's recommendations out there on calorie levels. I'm not a fan of calorie counting or, you know, you know, adding up your calories for the day. Um, I really have my clients focus on the higher carb foods, higher fat foods, like pretty much all the foods you weren't eating before um, and making sound choices. I like to call them period recovery meals and snacks. Let's build our plates around carbs and fats and some protein. Uh, so that's another place. And then, you know, the biggest fear that comes up for all the women I work with, which I'm sure you guys can attest to too, whether or not they're trying to recover their periods is the fear of their body changing, the fear of weight gain. So it's also addressing that, you know, along the way too. And the biggest thing I see in women, and I can only speak for my clients, of course, um, is getting that support is just so integral and think about it. We're in this world, right. That most of us are trying to shrink our bodies. We're trying to eat less, move more. And here I am the period nutritionist telling you to eat more and move less. Uh, so it could be hard to keep that consistency, keep that motivation going 
when we live in a world that is doing the opposite. So, you know, a lot of questioning happens. Is this going to be really healthy for me? Like, what if I turn unhealthy? No, your period's missing. That is the most unhealthy thing. So on top of the food components, the exercise. So I know exercise is a big deal in many of, you know, the women I work with, but it's, let me meet you where you're at. You know, if you are exercising intensely every single day, let's drop that down. If you could eliminate intense exercise altogether, that would be best. But I also know there's a fine line between disrupting what you've been doing for however many years that causing mental stress. So it's got to be a fine line of like, not too much exercise, but not, not enough exercise that is going to drive you crazy because the mental stress, the stress from the exercise, the stress from underfueling are all playing a part in your sex hormones kind of lying uh, dormant. We also layer onto that, that most, I'm going to generalize here, but a lot of people, and I can speak from personal experience are also not sleeping well because of over-exercising, under-fueling, and then that loss of period being part of that trifecta. And then you layer in the um, low sleep, high stress. And it's just, you know, I think the cool thing about what you're saying and something that I know Sam and I each preach in our um, practices is like, these are health promoting behaviors that we can really focus on to make a difference, which is so cool to really see when you focus on that, your period, hopefully coming back. I think yeah. that's like a really big win and a big positive. Yeah. Um, and with that said, I think we have talked about this a lot, but orthorexia is the eating disorder with a fixation on being quote, heavy air quotes, healthy. Do you see a large connection between orthorexia and HA in your practice? Oh yeah. 100%. I would <laughs> say the majority of my clients, I would say 90% or above are are in the orthorexic uh, category, so to say, 100%. Absolutely. And, you know, Jenna, when you were saying about the sleep thing, I find many women, their sleep will improve once they are start, starting fueling. And another thing that is also correlated is all of us women that have suffered from HA before are type A personalities, right? And you're like, yeah. And <laughs> true. Uh huh. And, you know, I feel type A can serve you in some aspects of life, but the aspect in which it's serving the HA, no. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of, you know, factors when you're under fueling, your anxiety levels, your type A-ness is going to skyrocket. And so just by eating more, giving your body more fuel, not only is it going to help bring your period back, but it's going to help like get chill out a little bit. Um, and it's only because it's, again, your anxiety, your type, type A-ness is just your body's way of trying to protect you and keep you like on guard, like for the next available meal, that's going to be your way. So think about like a bear in the wilderness kind of thing. So, yeah. I love that. And I love this conversation so much. And I just want to state to the audience and just kind of normalize, even as a dietitian, I just, I remember sitting in the doctor's office or the ultrasound office. It was like the most old school office I've ever been in 
like ever. Um, and I remember the nurse calling in or the tech calling in the doctor because she didn't want to give me my results together. And I remember her saying, or alone, I'm sorry. And I remember when he came in and said, you know, this is what's going on. You're not ovulating. You're not this, you're not that. Like you need to X, Y, and Z and, you know, to fix this and basically told me exactly what you're saying to eat more and work out less. And I remember leaving that office and this is how disordered I was at the time. And basically like throwing the paper in my back seat and being like, fuck that. Like I'm not ready. And so I want to just state that from a vulnerable standpoint to just say, I understand. And that's that connection of the orthorexia, the eating disorder, just like playing with your mental health, how you just don't understand how important it is to take care of your reproductive health and how what you're doing, choices that I was making, I'm not going to generalize, this was me, choices that I was making to move my body, how I was moving my body and what I was not eating and what I was eating was actually preventing you know, my future, but I couldn't see that because all I could see was my body is going to change and that's not okay with me. So I just want to put that out there to relate to the audience, let you know that I understand and healing is still possible. Absolutely. And worth it. (laughs) And oh, so worth it. And, you know, aside from that reproductive health, you know, Jenna, I think I'm glad you, you said that because I mean, that's the biggest thing I struggled with. I wasn't like, oh, yay, I finally got a diagnosis and this is all good. And I'm just going to accept this, how my body's going to change. It was extremely tough. And I want to say for me, my motivating factor at the time, and I feel like if I wasn't the age I was trying to get pregnant, I probably would have thrown my paper in the backseat as well. Um, And so that was my motivating factor. However, you know, we see you, we feel you and recovery. Oh my gosh. Aside from having children, which is great. I look back and I'm like, how I I can't believe I'm so grateful, even though it sucked about, you know, going through the whole period recovery process. I'm, I'm very grateful for it now. Absolutely. This is such an important conversation. I think like you had kind of said earlier too, Cynthia, how it's like, okay, both of you have this personal experience where when you heard the advice that you needed to do, like, again, apart from you, Cynthia, being like, if I didn't have this motivating factor being like, fuck that, like, can't do this. And I think this comes back to, okay, what, what is body image work? Right. Because at the core of it, if we're saying I'm not okay with my body changing, okay, why is that? What does that mean if our body gets bigger? right? What does that mean about our self-worth, about our acceptance, about our love, about our character? And I think this is where, whether it's, of course, all of us, you know, are trained registered dietitians, but make sure that you are getting that support of where you're, you're seeking approval, right? And, and what your, your body means to you, because I think, I wish it were as easy if for anybody struggling, listening to this, just be like, oh, you're going to gain weight. You're going to eat more. You're going to move less. Right. Like that would be wonderful. Like that would be freaking awesome. Um, But just like you said, we're holding space and we hear you if you're like, oh, hell no. Like I'm not doing that. Well, it's important to dig into like, why, 
why is the size of our body more important than our reproductive health, right? Why, like, why is that? And just an invitation to get curious about that and finding a professional that can help. Absolutely. And that's what I like to say, like your period, it's so simple. You can buy a book, you can eat more, you can exercise less, but what is the underlying reason why your period went missing in the first place? Is it connected to your body? Is it connected to some trauma that had happened? Is it, what is it connected? And working on those pieces on top of eating enough and on top of resting enough is your key to not only feeling free, but also maintaining a healthy menstrual cycle for years to come, or at least until you get pregnant, if you want to get pregnant or you hit menopause. We're both like, who's going to go? Um, well, this has been so incredibly insightful and helpful. And for lack of just saying the same thing over again, because I, I could dig into this deeper and deeper <laughs> forever. But if there's one piece of information that you really want our listeners to hear, to know, you know, to understand like so deeply about HA, and maybe this is the first time they're even hearing what that term is, like, what would that be? I would say, get curious about what health really means to you. And once you have that answer, hopefully the answer looks something like health means to me, having a regular menstrual cycle, being able to feel free around food, move intuitively slash joyfully, um, and have, you know, a, a good handle on stressors in my life, um, that again, everyone's definition of health is different, but what I'm trying to say is let's try to shift this definition of health off of our bodies, off of the thinness. Um, because I know at the end of the day, that's what you were all trying to do. If you're missing your period, you're hearing this now, you were trying to be healthier and whether that meant getting stronger or getting more fit, um, all while being secretly excited or openly excited about your body shrinking that let's, let's try to switch this mindset of health um, and know that period recovery is possible and that you are not one of the people out there that will never get your period back. It is 100% possible by enough food, enough rest, working on those components of how you feel around your body, how you feel around food, um, and know that it's not easy, but what in life is easy that isn't really damn worth it? That was beautiful. And I thought of one last question. <laughs> I just don't think that we cover this. And I know somebody's going to ask me, you know, why is it in, you know, the abbreviated version? Because I know this is a really complex question, but why is it so important to have a regular period? So aside from having reproductive health, fertility, um, when you have no estrogen, which happens when you don't have a period, you are impacting your bone health. You are impacting your heart health. Many women will come to me and say, my cholesterol is so high. And that actually is a component of HA. Um, I won't get into the science of it too much, but high cholesterol is extremely common in HA. So heart disease is more common when you have zero sex hormones. Um, also to anxiety levels, cognitive health. There's studies showing out there women that are suffering from HA, 
long-term side effects of having poor memory. Um, and on side of that, if I don't know if you remember, Jenna, when you had HA and were underfueling, how much less attentive and like maybe all over the place you felt like you couldn't concentrate. So yeah, that's another thing. Um, I also have see. the worst memory and had high cholesterol for years. So this <gasps> is all very insightful. All lining up. <laughs> yep. So those are just to name a few off the top of my head. Um, and aside from that, like having a regular healthy period, which means ovulation. Yes, you can have babies, but if you're missing your period due to the things that we were just talking about, that's no way to live either. And so what's that quality of life? for you as well. So it can impact the quality of your life as well, whether you may or may not know it yet. Um, I didn't know it at the time, Jenna, you probably didn't know it at the time. Um, but the rainbow, like that pot of gold on the other side is, is full of like awesomeness. So this is this honestly, that cholesterol line just blew my mind because they, the doctor's offices always just blamed it on, it was genetic. And I just believed that, but I no longer have high cholesterol and I have a period. So it's interesting. Um, but I, I hear my dog barking. So I'm going to pass this over to Sam. <laughs> well, I love, I love how you pointed all that out. And I think just to piggyback off of that, right. We were talking about how most people that suffer with HA also have the fear of weight gain. So just thinking about, okay, if we have a negative or unpleasant relationship with our body, decrease self-esteem, right? Decrease life satisfaction, I'm sure. So when you heal that HA, think of, and I know, obviously I know Jenna so well, like thinking about how much increased life satisfaction you've had from obviously getting your period back and having Noah, but also just like being adequately fed and not like hangry all the time. And I knew Jenna at like the peak of her HA. And so just like knowing her, per like not He's personality <laughs> shifts, like you're obviously the same person, but like, I can see it so clearly too, just from your own personal journey. So so, so important. Yeah. But Cynthia, if you could let us know with people listening, they're like, okay, I need to get in touch with Cynthia. I want to learn more. I want to check out everything she's about. Where is the best place that our listeners can find you? I would say Instagram, uh, period, like the actual word period dot nutritionist. Um, I'm also on TikTok a little bit. Periodnutritionist.com is also my website. So hopefully it's easy to remember, but yeah, it'd be the best place to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you guys. It was a pleasure. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun.